Thank you for your presence today. Soul searching can be an unenviable task, particularly if we are unwilling to stand before God and see ourselves as He sees us. Are we truly living for Christ? Are we bearing witness of true salvation? Or are we just going through the motions without fruit that bears true conversion? Are we dealing with our spiritual deficiencies? Are we confessing and repenting of our sins and depending on God to strengthen us? Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander imparts wisdom to us today. But you're coming to God's house, you so fragile. Folk got you, you both got to tiptoe around you because they may hurt your feelings. You go through boot camp, they're not starting hurting your feelings. I want my hair. I like that braided. Don't touch that part. <laughs> he keep on cutting. You better make that bed up. You better take that shower in so many minutes or seconds or whatever you got. If not, the whole group get penalized and they all going to be mad at you. Am I, am I right in here? You don't just, oh, they rush me in my eating at the mess hall. But you come to the Lord's church, you so fragile. She touched me. He took my parking spot, my seat. I didn't get to sing that song. He didn't call my name. He walked by me and didn't speak. He must be mad at me. When you going to grow up? Trials and difficulties should not cause us to drift away from worshiping with the Lord's people on the Lord's day. That's you playing right in the devil's hand. That's just what he wants. And he will, do, he will do his great, do the greatest work on you when you are disconnected from the people of God. But rather, it should motivate us to stay connected with the Lord's church for hope and encouragement. I'd like to say something else about this corporate worship is not an option. It, it gets even deeper. High absenteeism is a sure sign of spiritual regression. You think you're spiritual, but you're not spiritual if your absenteeism is high. High absenteeism is a sign of spiritual regression. There are people who come just enough to keep their name on the church row. They know when membership update is coming. So they'll show up once every three months to stay connected. And long as they have a long as they have membership, then they think that's a sense of security. But my friend, be it known to you, you can have membership, but you're not on the ship of Zion. <laughs> huh? You, you you can be at the church, but not in the church. You, you see? So, so, so listen, God knows your motive. He knows your attitude and he knows your heart. Stop playing with God. High absenteeism is a sign of spiritual regression. There are members. Listen at this. God gave it to me. So you better listen. There are members who are right here in the house of God today who worship our Lord in wheelchairs. There are people right here at Maranatha who come in their aged condition and worship God on walkers. Those who are not so old and those who are old. There are people right here at Maranatha who come to church and worship God even though they have their oxygen tanks with them. I've seen people sing in the choir, sing, sing all out there and shout with oxygen going in their nose and breathing. I've seen, I know people right here 
who are single parents with two or three children and they get them all here on time and you can't bring your healthy body here. Huh? And yet many able-bodied saints sleep in. You watch sports, the playoffs, or you take care of your personal business instead of worshiping with God's people on the Lord's day in the Lord's house. Why is it some aged person can do all of that and God has blessed you, you got energy, strength, you're not broke, God has been good, you're looking better than you ever look and you got a person on oxygen outdoing you. A person on a walker outdoing you and you got to think about if you go get up. You are most unspiritual. Self-evaluation time. Okay, I hope y'all can take it. I hope this message don't run y'all off by next week. Y'all better come and finish this test. If you at Trinity University, you in high school, you you trying to get licensed, pass the bar, get some kind of exam, you you hey, you got to finish. If you don't finish that, you're not going to pass. So you stay here, suck it up. Confess, get over yourself and begin to live up to God's expectations for you. Y'all hanging with me? Number three, has there been a significant decrease or increase in your coming to church tardy? Oh, we got quiet. Has there been a significant decrease or increase in your coming to church tardy? Psalms 122.1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Let me tell you something. Now, when you are truly glad, say glad. Yes. Say a little bit louder. Yes. Say a little bit louder. Yes. Say a little bit louder. Yes. When you are truly glad about coming to the Lord's house on the Lord's day, tardiness will not be an issue. Oh, I just can't wait to get here. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm running to get here. I, I, I can't wait to hear what God's going to do with me. I can't wait to be a blessing to somebody that I need to speak to. I can't wait till I hear from heaven that the bread of life is broken and dispensed into my life. Listen, when you're glad, you can't wait to get to the house of God. Just like those folk can't wait to get to Walmart on Black Friday. <laughs> glad, 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 glad. Are you glad? I mean, are you real glad? That's right. I, I, I get here two and three hours before with my prayer team because I'm glad. I'm not a preacher that walk in here 10 minutes, get to church house 10 minutes before service start. I'd be a nervous wreck. I think if you're going to lead God's people, your standards ought to be high. Huh? I'm the first to get here. And I'm the last one, except for the uh, the security people, to leave. Huh? And some of y'all, the last one to get here. Oh, y'all know where I'm going. <laughs> and the first one to leave. You put God on a clock. That's why we don't have a clock in here. If you don't have a watch, you're in bad shape. You say, why you don't have a watch, a clock in here? Because you don't need to be putting God on a clock. Huh? By the way, by the way, there's no clocks in heaven. 
You go to three hour movies. Huh? Spurs going overtime. You, you, you scared to go to the restroom because you're going to miss something. <laughs> I know the playoff games, are, they'll be on doing communion and all this kind of stuff. Even when it's a Super Bowl Sunday, you think we dismiss because it's a Super Bowl? No, we still have church. Why they celebrate and they forget what the score is. We have celebrated the Lord who will reward our faithfulness. Huh? You see, we must not allow insufficient substitutes such as television and the Internet to replace gathering with God's people on the Lord's day to worship him. Huh? We must not allow insufficient substitute such as television and the Internet to replace gathering with God's people on the Lord's day to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. There are certain things the Internet and television can't do. Sometimes Jesus touched them. Jesus said, bring the little children and let me lay hands on them and bless them. Listen, we need to, we need to be a touching ministry, a laying hands on ministry, a ministry of encouragement. You need somebody to, to, to empathize with you and to touch you. Those folk on television is not going to bury your sons and daughters. Won't even bury you. And yet you sent all that money for a prayer handkerchief. Some little cloth. Listen, if you want your blessing, get in this book. Look how quiet it's getting now. That television can't superintend your faith and bless you and minister to you. That television's not going to marry you. Not going to do any of that. No, you need hands-on experience with God's people to the glory of God. With that being said, uh, let me ask you this question. When is the last time, it's still in, this is not a new question, this is still in that same area. When is the last time you came to church four consecutive Sundays on time? Okay, self-check evaluation. When is the last time you came to the Lord's house a whole month on time? If you struggle with that to any degree, you are not as spiritual as you think you are. You are not even doing the basic of the bare minimum in the faith. Oh, God, help me preach this evaluation. Number four. You say you're moving slow. Because I want you to think. Do you leave before the benediction benediction, or rush to your car after the benediction without shaking at least five hands and asking, how are you doing or how may I pray for you? Ooh. Oh, amen, lights. Do you leave before the benediction or rush out to your car? After the benediction, without shaking at least how many hands? At least five. Some of y'all don't shake one. And asking, how are you doing? Or how may I pray for you? First Peter 3.8 says something really well. First Peter 3.8. Finally, all of you be of one mind. That's the unity of the spirit. Having, what's the word? Compassion. If you're rushing out here and you're not touching anybody, that's not compassion. 
Compassion for one another. There are some of you in, 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 right here in this church. You come every Sunday and you and you haven't shaken my you haven't shaken my hand all year. Now I know all y'all, and if all y'all came and tried to shake my hand at one time, I'd be dead before the second service. <laughs> I know that. I know all you can't come. And I I I know you're trying to get to Sunday school. But you know what? I'm standing here because I expect to shake your hand. I love you that much. I'm a touching pastor. I I don't have an entourage around me where you can't get close to me. I'm not that important. You want to talk to me, you can. Some of you don't want to talk to me because you're going to hear the truth. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Right. Okay, look at the scripture. Love, look, it says love as brothers. Listen, if you walk out of here and don't shake my hand, you don't love me. You don't know, you don't, you, don't tell me about what you think or what you say, it's what you do. If you're going to walk out of here and rush out mad dash to be the first one to get out of here because you want to get ahead of the crowd with your selfish self. And you don't shake one person, or not even one little six-year-old or seven-year-old hand. You are most selfish indeed, and you don't love like you say you do. Huh? I'm in that text. Be tenderhearted. You're not tenderhearted if you rush out of here. And be courteous. It is uncourteous to get out of here. Don't ask anybody how they're doing. Don't pray for one person. Don't shake one hand. But you you dash out of here, and that could be their last time on earth or even yours. You know what? You say, Pastor, why are you saying shake at least five hands? Because people come into the Lord's house in pain. They come sick. They come to the Lord's house angry. Somebody, there's a couple who come, come to the Lord's house, the husband and wife been fighting all the way, to, and then they come out smiling in the Lord's house. There, there are people here who are depressed as I preach. There are other people who are worried. They're worried about the economy. They're worried about their children, their health. They're worried about so many things. There are people right around you that are even suicidal, even though they look so good, dress so good, and have a Bible in their hand. They're in desperate need of a word of encouragement and compassion, not from everybody else, but from you. From you. You see, one needs to understand what a benediction is and its importance. Okay? One needs to understand what a benediction is and its importance. Let me tell you what a benediction is so you won't be so hasty to miss it. A benediction is giving praise to God for his goodness, for his grace and mercy toward us. It is giving Praise to God for his goodness, grace, and mercy toward us. It is also invoking a prayer of protection and blessing upon the congregation as we prepare to leave the house of God and go into a world filled with evil, into a world filled with death, in a world filled with tragedy, in a world filled with danger, seen and unseen, and a world filled with uncertainty. And let me tell you something, you need every prayer you can get before you leave out of here. 
if that be the case, and it is. So it is spiritual negligence unless you got to go to work or have a baby or you, uh, something pressing, pressing that's beyond measure. We're not talking about that. You go, you want to get to Luby's. <laughs> you want to get in before the crowd, wherever that is, whatever your restaurant is. You want to get home. You want to get home. And home's going to be there. Number five. Number five. I'll do a few more and we'll stop. Are you allowing business, the activities of life, noise, and technology to squeeze out the time you should be spending with the Lord? Are you allowing business, the activities of life, noise, and technology to squeeze out the time you should be spending with the Lord? Mark 631 says, and he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there are many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. Listen, people will pull you in so many directions until they'll cause your life to be misdirected. And you need to give, ask the Lord to give you his agenda for your life and not try to fulfill the agenda of people. People don't know when you maxed out. People don't know when you're on the edge. People don't know when you are at that breaking point. But God knows and God won't put any more on your plate for that day that he wants you to have. People will overflow your overflow your plate and they will cause you to have a nervous breakdown because you're trying to live up to the expectation of people when you ought to be living up to God's expectations for you. Are y'all hanging with me? That's so critical. You can distract yourself right on into sickness because you're trying to be all things to all people at the expense of not spending time with God. You're Facebooking everybody. Everybody, you got something to say. And everybody talking to you. And you talking to everybody. Everybody giving you their thoughts. Everybody giving you their opinion. Everybody talking about what they think. And that is a cheap substitute for the authoritative word of God. Social media can take you clean away from God, clean out of his will, and you don't even, you're so far from God, you don't have a spiritual sense to know you're disconnected from God because of the distractions that have, have intruded into your life. Sometimes God allows you to forget that cell phone because he don't want you to have it that day. And some of y'all drive five miles back to get the cell phone. But you won't drive five miles back to get your Bible. <laughs> oh, God help me preach this message. Number six. Are you making good use of your time by keeping focus and being committed to that which is priority? Or have you failed to manage yourself and the precious gift of time. Here we are. This is a brand new year. Some of y'all wasted too much time last year. Are you making good use of your what? Time by keeping focus and being ever so committed to that which is priority? Or have you failed to manage yourself and the precious gift of time? Ephesians chapter 5 
verses 15 and 16 says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best of the time because the days are evil. We're in an evil day, folk. We're seeing so much evil until we can't even take it anymore. My friends, we're not to waste time behaving like fools. The worst thing you can have is a Christian who's acting like a fool. We're not to be wasting our time living misdirected lives or living in pursuit of the, the attractions of this world. We're to make the most of our time on earth and fulfill God's will and purpose for our lives in our generation. I reiterate, we're to make the most of our time on earth and fulfill God's will and God's purpose for our lives in our generation. There's a big scripture on that, Acts 13, 36a. Acts 13, chapter 13, verse 36a. It says, for David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers. What a scripture. Look at that again. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, what did he do? He fell asleep and was buried with his fathers. You are going to serve this generation and when your time is up, then you fall to sleep in Jesus if you know him or you fall asleep in death and open your eyes up in hell. This is your generation and this is your time and this is your season and and time is a gift from God to you and there's something called the stewardship of time and we're going to stand before God and answer to him as to how we used his time. Number seven, is your life bearing fruit to the glory of God? If there's no fruit on the tree of your life, I doubt the validity of your salvation. Is your life bearing fruit to the glory of God? Matthew 7, 20, Matthew chapter 7, verse 20 says, therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. A lot of folks say, I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. God, that's just jargon. That don't mean nothing to God if there's nothing on the fruit tree of your life. You just sounding brass and tingling cymbal. The gospel of John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears how much? Much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. You can't do anything without God. And every fruit is hooked to a vine that's hooked to, to the tree that's hooked into the root system. There's no such thing as a tree without roots. And if you're not rooted in Jesus Christ, you're disconnected and you won't bear fruit because you're not in Christ. John 15, 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear what? Fruit. That's a command. We all should bear fruit. Is there a fruit in your life Huh? And that your fruit should remain. It didn't disappear the next day. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Listen, when your when your life is flourishing to God's 
to God's to your to your to God's potential for you and you're in his will and you're bearing fruit. Listen, you can ask of God everything, anything you want. And he's going to give it because you're so in Christ that you're not going to ask for something that's not of him. You say, well, what are the fruits? You're talking about these fruits. What are they? OK, I'm glad you ask. Then Galatians 522. But the fruit of the spirit is love. Where's your love for your wife and children? For me, the church, for God, his word, huh? love, joy, joy. Some of y'all are joy snatchers. Peace. And every time you come, it's trouble. Long suffering. You're not patient with anybody. Kindness. You're mean. Goodness. You're acting bad. And faithfulness. You're on and off Christian. If you don't have any of these, then I doubt the validity of your salvation. Because God says, when you're in me, you will bear not only fruit, but you will bear much fruit. What's on your fruit tree? I'm so tired of folks saying I'm saved, but you can't see a dime worth of evidence in their life. Matter of fact, if you were convicted, put on trial and convicted of being a Christian, would there be even enough evidence to convict you? Or would the jury say case dismiss for insufficient evidence? As confessed believers in the only true and living God, we miss out on countless blessings due to our lack of faithfulness, obedience, and service. The Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Everything we need is at our disposal. When will we trust God enough to believe and depend on His Word? If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.